Good morning, Tuolumne Community Baptist Church. Hey, it is Father's Day. Father's Day 2021. Don't forget to pick up the phone and call your dad. If he's still here with us on earth, man, call him and tell him how much he means to you. Reach out to your dads. If, like me, my father has long passed to go home to be with the Lord, but I sure give him time and my thoughts today remembering who he is and how he helped to create me to be who I am. It's pretty amazing, actually. But hey, enjoy Father's Day. Barbecue for your dad. Do something special for your dad. But also remember, next week, June 27th, 2021, is Church in the Park. 9 a.m. in the park. We'll have the chairs set out. We'll have... Uh, the worship band will be there. Uh, my granddaughter, who is 20 years old, is going to come and preach the message. She's uh, flying in from Washington, coming from her Bible college, and is going to preach uh, this Sunday on the 27th. I hope that you plan on coming out to be with us. Um, it's it's always a wonderful time. We have coffee, donuts, there'll be water available, plus uh the Lumber Jubilee is going on, and after church, I want everybody to go check out the vendors and the food and the things that are going on at the Lumber Jubilee. It's a great small-town event that everybody should be a part of. Uh, cannot wait to see you. God bless you. Next week, the 27th, Church in the Park. Acts of the Holy Spirit. I know that it's the Acts of the Apostles, but you tell me how much they would get done without the Holy Spirit. Very little. The weeks between Passover and Pentecost seem less familiar to us than the first few days after Jesus' death. I mean, we all know that Jesus died on the cross, he was buried, and in three days he rose from the dead. But what about the days after that? What about the times Jesus appeared to his disciples during his 40 days left here on earth and the coming of the Holy Spirit, which came on the 50th day? These days between the Passover and the Pentecost are so important to us to understand. For me to teach on it, Honestly, I'd have to throw this entire series out and just teach on those 50 days. It would take on a whole new sermon series of its own, and, and I, I want to do that, but not today. I promise that we'll come back to this 50 days that we need to understand. God's timing is so absolutely incredible, and if we don't know it, we'll miss so much. When Jesus died on the cross, he became our Passover lamb. He was our Passover lamb and made a way for us to have victory over the enemy's attacks and provided for us eternal life. At this time, and this timeline has never changed from the very first Passover. God commands that his people should count seven weeks to the Feast of Weeks, Shabbat, in Hebrew, uh, you can read that means weeks in Leviticus 23:16. The festival is also known as Pentecost, with pente meaning the word 50, 
because it's 50 days after the Feast of First Fruits, and Jesus was the first fruits. It's so phenomenal to, to see the timeline has been put together from the beginning of time. God hasn't changed. He chose his time and he poured out his Holy Spirit on the believers, giving them his power to live a new life and have the power to preach the gospel throughout the world. Shabbat or Pentecost testifies to the gathering and an inclusion of Gentiles like you and me into this new covenant. I got this artwork from Gateway Church that I believe it says all the things one picture in one picture that I'd want you to know about the Passover. They used to put the blood over the doorposts. That was the original Passover, the Passover of the angel of death. And God said, put the blood of that perfect lamb that you're going to sacrifice over your doorpost and I'll pass over your house. And Jesus became that lamb for us. And now it's over the doorposts of our hearts that we put the blood of Christ. Jesus is the Passover lamb. God has been orchestrating his plan from the very beginning. I want you to check out a few scriptures and then we're going to get into Acts chapter 2 because it's just phenomenal how God has orchestrated everything. Zephaniah 3.9 For then I will restore to the peoples a pure language. Notice that he said restore. Restore. That they may call on the name of the Lord to serve him with one accord. Wow, that one accord thing, that strikes it with us, doesn't it? Because that's all that the book of Acts is. It's that one accord thing that keeps coming up over and over again. It sounds so familiar to us. So what does it mean if, he, if he's going to restore something? That means it's something that we once had. Let's look at Genesis 11, verse 1. Now the whole earth had one language and one speech. Let's move down to verse 4. And they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is in the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves. Can you see the problem that they're having? They've forgotten all about God. He's given them a perfect language that they all understood. They were all in one accord and they could do anything. But the Lord came down to see the city, verse 5, and the tower which the sons of men had built. And the Lord said, indeed, the people are one and they all have one language. And this is what they began to do. Now, nothing Nothing that they propose to do will be held, withheld from them. Look at what God says in verse 7. Come, let us go down. Notice it said, let us. Jesus and the Holy Spirit were there. He said, let's go down and confuse the language that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad. Exactly what they said would happen. Because it said in verse, in verse 4, it said, Least we be scattered abroad the face of the earth. They themselves said that. They knew 
that they were not giving the credit and the glory to God. And so the Lord scattered them abroad from there over the face of the earth, and they ceased building the city. Therefore, the name is called Babel, which means confused. The Lord confused the language of the earth, and from there the Lord scattered them abroad over the face of the earth. So could this pure language that people used when they were in one accord be the very same language God said he would return to us to be able to call on the name of the Lord to serve him in one accord? I don't know. I'll be honest with you. I I don't know. But could that be the tongues that they were speaking when the Holy Spirit fell upon them? I don't know. But this I do know. Our God can do anything. He can do anything. I believe that he is that good that he can do it. It could be in Acts 2, them speaking in tongues as the Holy Spirit gave them the utterance, that very pure language. We don't know. But I know that our God is that good. Let's get on to Acts chapter 2, verse 1. Then the day of Pentecost had finally come. When the day of Pentecost had finally come, they were with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat on each one of them. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Do you have that picture up? Put that next picture up. You know, we, we, we read it and we, we have a hard time visualizing it. And obviously this is an artist's rendition, but the Holy Spirit sat on top of their heads. Why was it on top of their heads? Because they could see it in themselves. They look up and they went back. They couldn't see it, but they could see it on everyone else. They could see that the fire was burning inside of each one. They're looking around, go, whoa, your hair's on fire. The Holy Spirit is lighted on you. I mean, well, it's on you too. It's on you too. Well, what does that relate to present day? Hmm. As your pastor, I sometimes see that fire. I see it. Maybe you don't realize it, but I see it. And there's one in our midst today that it's burning so brightly that sometimes I got to put glasses on when I look back at Tyler. He's that on fire for the Lord. And there's many things happening in his life that you don't know about and you don't need to know about. But it's on fire. And I could see it burning in his actions and the things that he's doing and the work that he does. I can see it. It's still here. It's still alive. It's still here. I don't even know where I'm at. Oh, here I am. Okay. Why were they there? It says in verse 5, And they were dwelling in Jerusalem, devout men from every nation under heaven. Why were they there? 
because it was the Feast of Pentecost. It was 50 days after Passover. They weren't thinking that it was Jesus who was sacrificed as our lamb. This is what the Jews had been doing for thousands of years. Even though we know that things are changing. This is what they had been doing. They've come together. The, the, the devout men, the true Jewish believers, they came together from all over the world. Verse 6, and when this sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused. Because every word, everyone heard them speak in his own language. Isn't God good? Not only were they speaking in tongues that they did not understand, people were hearing it in their own language. Do you guys remember when I preached on Pentecost Sunday? I told you of a testimony of my own when I was in another church. The pastor was speaking in tongues privately down at the altar before service, and he began, but he was speaking in tongues out loud, and someone in the crowd could hear him, and it was perfect Russian dialect, and that person got saved that day. Two days later, he died in a boating accident. Isn't God good? Isn't he amazing? We don't know that God can do whatever he wants to do through us when we submit ourselves to him. Things are changing. In verse 6 it says, And when this sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused because they heard them speak in their own language. Verse 7, And they were all amazed and marveled, saying, what? <clears throat> saying to one another, Look, not, are not all of these Galileans who speak Galileans, these guys are a bunch of knucklehead fishermen. Come on. And they're speaking in our own languages. How could this be? How could this be? In verse 9, it was the Parathians and the Medes and the Ammonites. And you guys are going to mutilate these names. Those dwelling in Macedonia and Judah and Cappadocia and Pontus and Asia and Pi. Yeah, and Pamphylia and Egypt and Libya, adjoining Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes. See, it was the Jews and people that they were bringing into the Jewish religion that were they were becoming Jews. He brought them all. The Cretans and the Arabs, we hear them speaking in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. That's what we need to hear today. They were all so amazed. So they were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, whatever could this mean? And others mocking, they said, they're full of new wine. These guys are drunk. Now we're about to see Peter stand up. His very first sermon. And that's the whole reason that I'm not dwelling on that 50 days from Passover to Pentecost. Because I don't want you to miss Peter's message. It's so profound. This is where he stands up and he preaches his first sermon being filled with the Holy Spirit. This is why prayerfully I decided to, to give you this. Verse 14. But Peter standing up with the eleven 
raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judah and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. For these are not drunk, as you suppose, since it's only the third hour of the day. It's nine o'clock in the morning. You see, you have to understand in the Jewish tradition, especially on Passover through Pentecost, they wouldn't even have anything to drink from six to nine. Water. They wouldn't have anything to eat. They were completing fasting and prayer from six to nine. And Peter's saying, hey, it's only the third hour day. And you guys, you Jews that are here, you know how we believe. You know that they're not drunk with new wine. It's impossible. It's only the third hour of the day. It's only nine o'clock in the morning. Verse 16, he says, but this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. Do you guys remember Peter? Kind of the knucklehead of the bunch. The one who's, you know, slapped off a man's ear with his with his sword, and, and the ones who the one who denied Christ and was so who just I don't know even how to say it, put it into words of how he felt when he had to face the living God after denying Christ the way he had. This is the same man. This is the same man who now possesses a power. That goes beyond his abilities. He's now quoting the prophet Joel. Who knew that this fisherman would have studied and memorized Old Testament scripture. But the Holy Spirit has power to bring everything back when he needs it to be back. He says in verse 17, it shall come to pass in the last days, says God. I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. Praise God, I'm still seeing visions. And verse 18, and my maidservant and my, my maid, manservant and my maidservant, I will pour out my spirit on those days and they shall prophesy. I will show you wonders in heaven and signs in the earth beneath Blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great awesome day of the Lord. Verse 21, and it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. He goes on, verse 22, men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to do to you by miracles. Attested means he was proven. To be God. That's what the word attested means. It was proven to do signs and wonders which God did through him in your midst. As you yourselves also know. Verse 23. Him being delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God. You have taken by lawless hands and have crucified and put to death. Whom God raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be held by it. Then he begins to quote David. He said, for David says concerning him, I foresee the Lord always before my face, for he is my right hand, that I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart rejoiced and my tongue was glad. Moreover, my flesh also will rest in hope. Verse 27, for you will not leave my soul in Hades. 
He's talking about what Jesus is going through. Now you will not allow your Holy One to see corruption. You have made known to me the ways of life, and you will make me full of joy in your presence. Verse 29, men and brethren, let me speak freely to you of this patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his tomb is with us today. Therefore, being a prophet and knowing that God sworn with an oath to him, that the fruit of his body, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. Can you imagine? Through you, through David, is what he's telling us. It's through David, because these all knew who David was. <coughs> they knew exactly. And they're saying, through him came Jesus Christ. Verse 21, or sorry, 31. No, I think 30. Therefore, being a prophet and knowing God had sworn to him an oath that the fruit of his body, and now let's move to 31. He, foreseeing this, spoke concerning the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. This Jesus God has raised up, of which we all were witnesses. Verse 33, therefore being exalted at the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he poured out this which you now see and hear. For David did not ascend into the heavens, but he says himself, Lord, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. Verse 36, therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. And Peter said, and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? This cut them to the heart. Can you see? He basically said, you crucified him. And this cut him so bad. You know, this possibly could be the difference that we have today in 2021 is that we don't get cut to the heart quite like these men did because they knew what they had done. They knew they didn't fight for Christ. Many of them weren't even there. They went home and they were sacrificing their own sacrificial lamb. They were home feeding their families, doing their business. They weren't even part of the whole situation. But they could have been. But they weren't. And this cut them to the heart. And they said, what shall we do? What shall we do? Verse 38, then Peter said, repent. Repent. And let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are afar off. There you are. You're in the Bible again. There you are. We're there. He keeps bringing us into the word. We're there. It's for all generations, for all beyond this day. 
Verse 41, it says, Those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. Don't tell me that God can't do a mighty work when God wants to do a mighty work. Because he can. He can. Verse 43, then the fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. People were being healed. Things were being done that aren't written in the book. Things were happening. This fear was was a reverential kind of fear. They're going, we cannot disappoint this living God. The awe and wonder of the great things that God had done. But there are Jews, there were those Jews who refused to believe. And they crucified the Christ that they had been waiting for. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common. They sold their possessions and their goods and they divided them among all, among as all had need. So continuing daily in one accord in the temple. Now I don't know. If they were continuing daily in the temple, because I think the Jews would have been having a bit of a ruckus about that. But he says that they were breaking bread and from house to house and they ate food with gladness, with the simplicity of heart. Verse 47, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Don't tell me that God can't do a mighty work. And it's not about filling this church up. I always tell you that. It would be really hot in here if this church was completely full right now. It's about the kingdom of God. What can we say today that will cut to the heart of the people that they see and they know that they need Christ? This is what's missing in our ministry today is the message that cuts to the heart of the issue. And the heart of the issue is eternal life. People have to realize that just because we're sick and we're dying and there's so many of us that are there at that door. It's not over. We need to know that what Christ had done for us on that cross has given us eternal life. We, do, we don't get a grip on it. We, we can't, uh, most of us can't think past next week, let alone eternal life. It shouldn't break my heart when I see people coming close to that stage of their life, but it still does because we're human. And it happens. But I know that when they reach that final destination, they're dancing on streets of glory. Along with all those precious saints that have gone before us. I pray that whatever God gives my little granddaughter to say next week is something that will cut to the heart. To people's hearts. Maybe they need to hear it from a young person. We don't hear that much from young people today. In the realms of the Holy Spirit, in the realms of God and eternity.
I really pray for that next generation. You think we got it tough? No, we don't. Tony, would you please come? Yes. To all you podcast listeners, yes, we're we're a little church and we're 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 getting old. But we love God. And we worship him. Heavenly Father, I pray that everyone who hears this that it'll cut to their heart that our sin is what put him on that cross. That people will feel like, what do I do now? I I committed the sin. What, What do I do? Like Peter said, repent and be baptized. Turn away from your sin. Father, we ask you to help us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.